Trailer for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes Ah, but two hours of pushing broom Buys a 8 by 12 four-bit room I'm a man of means by no means King of the Third boxcar, midnight train Destination banger, main Whoa, worn out suit and shoes I don't pay no union dues I smoke, oh, stogies I have found Short, but not too big around I'm a man of means by no means Love it. Now I've got another recording oh, with the vocal stylings of oh, Peter St. James. Roger Miller. Yeah, Roger uh, St. James. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, you yeah. know, that song is really neat because that is not my type of music, but I love it. And as soon as I saw that up and I heard those initial uh, notes, I, I'm all in. Did you like it by the Proclaimers? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know they did that. I am going to have to... Punch it up. You jabber amongst yeah, yourselves. Punch it up. Uh, yeah. Right. King of the Road, The Proclaimers, huh. um, the, the the Scottish Boys. I love that. You know well, I love I know. them. My favorite song, and It's actually miles. It's actually um, pretty true to the original Roger Miller version back in 1965. Um, so it's, it's not bad. Um, and those guys, man, you could cut their accent uh, with a knife, uh, the Proclaimers. Eight oh seven is the time. Red Sox won last night. Yay! Okay, one in a row. That's very yay. That's, that's, a, right. start. that's a start, yep. Let's see. Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets I ain't got no cigarettes all but two hours of pushing broom wiser. Eight but twelve four bed mama. <laughs> Man of means by no means. King of the road. Third box car, midnight train. Destination banger. I knew you would. Love the accent. I knew uh, you would. Being of Scottish descent there myself, and I know you are as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Yep. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yes, well, thank you for rounding out our world there. There you go. I'll, I'll geez, I'll have to uh, wear the kilt in some morning. We'll, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Yes, yes. We'll Wait play until Donovan, we'll do it. the Proclaimers. We'll play all Scottish. There yeah. we go. It'll be a big Scottish day. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Um, I was listening to uh, the station coming in this morning, and they said, on this date in history, and I'm like, okay, what, what happened? It was on this date, May 11th, 1910, that Glacier National Park was established. Really? Yep, Interesting. Yep. yep. Okay. And uh, it is huge. Uh, it's well over a million acres. Wow. Uh, and I have been there. Uh, I was there maybe 10 years ago. It is awesome 
Mm. Oh, my God, it is beautiful. Uh, if you ever get a chance, um, go out to Montana. Uh, go to Glacier National Park. Um, there is one road. Uh, now, again, a million acres, okay, uh, from north to south. There is only one road that goes east to west mm. across, okay? <laughs> and you got to have some guts to go on this road. Really? Oh, yeah. oh dear. It's okay. called the Going to the Sun Road. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it is the only road that crosses, and it passes an elevation of 6,646 feet. Now, Mount Washington is... Uh, six, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, that that takes a little... In my opinion, that takes some guts to do as well. Well... I've done it. It's... Um, it's hairy. It's like a lane and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's like going up the auto road. Yes. Okay? That's what I'm picturing. Yep, it mm-hmm. is. Um, and it is uh, a long road. Mm. It is 50 miles. 50 miles long. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And um, it is... Um, you've got cliff on one side of you, mm-hmm. okay, and drop off on the other side. And the thing is, once you if it's that same kind of road, once you're in, you're committed. Oh yeah. I mean, you're not going to change your mind, turn around, and get. They've got some. Turn, they got some. They turnaround. do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. But it's <laughs> still, um, and um, the at the peak, it's called Logan Pass. And uh, you can pull off up there and walk around and the whole thing. Uh, up to 80 feet of snow can be piled up on top of the pass. Good night. And when I was up there, there was still snow wow. in the summer. Um, takes them 10 weeks to plow the road, even with equipment. <laughs> 10 weeks? 10 weeks to plow that 50-mile that road. Sheesh. Um, even with equipment that can move 4,000 tons of snow in an hour, mm. they can clear as little as... 500 feet per day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. It is uh, wow. It is awesome. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. but it is holy moly. Um, and if you've done the auto road, um, <laughs> you, you know, you're driving up, you're like, okay, I, I'm on this side of the road. Yeah. And the person, you're going, oh, look down there. No, I don't want to look. I know. Uh, same no. thing yep. on, on that one. Oh. But uh, it is, uh, it's... Um, and it goes into Alberta. It's Waterton. It stops being Glacier National Park at the Montana border. And then it's Waterton. Uh, but, oh, Lord, it's beautiful. Mm, beautiful. Sounds beautiful. And same thing. I mean, yes, you're digging your nails in, but it's uh, something to see. Mm, sounds mm, like. Mm. And the lodging uh, is, uh, I stayed at a couple of the places there. And I was fly fishing. And, mm. and you got wicked peaks right behind you wow. just, oh my god it's beautiful oh, beautiful no uh and it's uh uh if you have a chance uh get out there and check it out um it is just uh awesome mm. awesome place to see and i remember coming down from alberta um hit customs in montana and yep okay great um and it's big sign that said warning entering grizzly country and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I look 10 yards past. Yep. Boom, 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 No boom. way. I'm like, really? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I guess he, the bear was reading okay, the sign. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is great. Um, oh. And I went, okay, great. Got a picture. Yeah. Got about 50 yards down the road. There's another Grizz. Wow. And then another one. I hit three of them within uh, within a half a mile. That's like, cool. Oh, they're serious about this stuff. <laughs> they weren't just joking. Yeah. yeah. No. So it's kind of nice. Mm. Uh, if you get a chance. 
check out Glacier. Um, I don't know if it's widely traveled to. Okay. But oh gosh, it is uh, worth the destination. It is. It is definitely yeah. worth the distance. Wow. Yep. And uh, on the east side is the little, little town of St. Mary, and I think if I remember correctly, that's the head, the head of the um, um, Flathead Indian Nation. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I think that's their tribal mm-hmm. uh, um, capital. Okay. Um, but. So, I mean, you've got Native American history. You've got, you know, just, yeah, it's, just so much there. Yeah, it's a sweet wow. spot. Sweet wow, spot. Wow. So check that out. Nice. If you get a chance. So um, do you believe in karma? No. You don't? No. I believe in God, and I believe everything is ordained by God, not karma. Uh, okay. Mm, yeah. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of there, but yeah. I can kind of flip. Uh, I believe if you do something bad, it's going to. You're going to come back and back. <laughs> okay. I see. There's okay. the karma. Yeah. And I saw this and I started laughing. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. That's scary. Just knowing that scares me. Okay, go it's ahead. A, it, it's a tragic story. Of course. So why wouldn't you be laughing? Well, that makes perfect sense to me. Yep. A South Carolina man uh-huh. died of a heart attack while burying the girlfriend that he killed. Oh. <laughs> uh, see? See? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you on the last. The body part. of yeah. Joseph well, McKinnon yeah. was found near a freshly dug pit. Yep. Where the body of Patricia Dent, 65, was discovered. Oh, goodness. He killed her uh, and was burying her in the backyard. Of course. And in a twist of what some might call poetic justice. Yeah. He kibbied and died. And <laughs> I, I don't went, think it says he kibbied. Oh, no, that no. is a U word. Oh, okay. Cracks me up. Um, Go ahead. All right. So he died. Police yeah. said, we found an unresponsive male lying in his yard. Well, yeah. So, uh, look Well, how'd they know he killed her? Because when they arrived, they found a second body in a freshly dug pit and they went, ah, got it. Maybe. Maybe somebody killed both of them. No. No. Oh, they, they, all right. I was trying to give him the benefit no, of the doubt for and, a second. And then uh, um, put her in trash bags and put her in the pit and then died and then uh, with the exertion of it all that's what i'm saying there's so your karma you probably shouldn't <laughs> that's, that's it that's, man. That's, that's just justice yeah and i just went good payback yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so note to self yep. yeah that's it don't don't go out killing people it takes a lot of uh, exertion oh, oh. 8 15 is too. the time on that chipper note <laughs> yeah, we'll take a break too. be back with more right after this traveling yeah. today and we lost bob marley on this date may 11th 1981 oh no kidding very weird very weird uh he he died of um cancer mm-hmm. um but it was a, a how do i say this it was it was a funky type of malignant melanoma it was under a toenail oh yeah uh, apparently, it was caused uh, by an injury during a, a football match that year, but uh, it was 
they thought that it was, you know, this mm-hmm. ding under the toenail. But apparently it was uh, an already existing cancer. Wow. Uh, it, it saw two doctors before they did a biopsy. And then they went, oh, yeah. Mm, okay. Apparently these, these kinds of melanoma are easy to miss. Um, and um, he rejected the doctor's advice to have his toe amputated. Mm-hmm. Because it would affect my performing career. Sure, sure. And, wow. Oh, goodness. But instead, the nail and the toenail bed were removed, and nope, um, we, we lost him. Wow, interesting, yep. interesting. But he's a guy who uh, got bigger than bigger than ever um, after he passed. Right. I right. mean, you know, Marley, I've got Marley CDs, you know, in the truck. Yeah. And just well it's funny because it struck me and this is going back years and years ago uh first time i went to jamaica we were walking around the the square and everything there are statues to marley i mean he is it's it's like a whole Big deal oh yes yep, yep. yes yes, yes. No, you're on to something so yeah. uh 8 is the time i mentioned earlier red sox won yesterday nine to four down in atlanta at truest park well we're gonna go for two 720 first pitch tonight and you can hear all the action right here don't change your dial 99.7 wntk am 1490 fm 98.9 wuvr there you go and if we can pull this one off we'll go for the sweep (laughs) uh tomorrow uh excuse me we'll go for the sweep on um no we won't we won't uh, no we're gonna uh we're going for the sweep today sorry there's only two um in atlanta then they're going to uh, Houston, so mm. that's it. Um, so, whatever. If we could take two, I'd be happy. See, I wasn't even going to quibble with you on the sweep terminology because no. I everybody knows that a sweep is that's fill in the blanks for you. What yeah. is a sweep? Win two, three. Oh. We're playing three games, we won three. We swept. Right. Yeah. Okay. There so all the games that you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you? No. See, I would. Oh. Uh, I would tell this person, buy a Powerball ticket. Oh, goodness. Okay. What's up? Passenger with no idea how to fly <laughs> landed a Cessna at a Florida airport after the pilot suffered possible medical emergency. Cut it out. Wow. Yep. Um, I read this. It was, it was on CBS News. Mm-hmm. Passenger without any flight experience Ugh. landed a uh, plane safely. Yep. Uh, audio between the passenger and the air traffic controllers revealed the tense moments before a single-engine sure. Cessna 208 landed at Palm Beach International Airport. Um, a passenger can be heard saying, quote, I got a serious situation here. My pilot has gone incoherent. I have no idea how to fly the plane. Uh, Roger that. What's your position? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I can see the coast of Florida in front of me. I have no idea. Controller can be heard instructing the passenger to maintain wing level. Just try to follow the coast, either north or south. <gasps> Minutes later, air traffic controllers were able to locate the plane on radar, walk the passenger through how to land the small plane. Oh, my goodness. And the aircraft landed safely. One patient was transported to a local hospital. Did they say what? I mean, kudos, honestly, to air traffic control. Yeah. That they're guiding this person. I mean, it it takes courage on both parts. Um, For the guy who has no flight experience, you've got to stay, I mean, tuned. I mean, really, it's your life. So you're going to be paying rapt attention to every sentence they utter. But for air traffic control to say, okay, you see the blue lever on your right-hand side. It's going to say this. You press that. (laughs) 
There were only two people Hopefully, on the plane. Oh my goodness! One of them, one of them uh, is out cold, right? And the other one's going. I don't know where I am. Did the pilot ever recover? Do we know? It said uh, no name, no uh, word no on the name or condition wow. of the pilot. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Don't know. But Can yeah, you imagine? Buy and, a Powerball ticket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or or something. Wow. Oh, that is amazing. And hopefully they don't give um, directions like my mom used to. Be like, okay, you see that lever on the right-hand side that's blue and it says um, switched meters? Okay, don't touch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go instead to, because she would do that. I'd be driving somewhere that she knew. And she's like, okay, you see that? See the second turn there on the left right after the Walmart? Yep, I do. And I'm getting over in the left lane, getting ready to turn. Well, don't take that. We're going to go past. Why did you point yeah, it yeah, out? Yeah. I don't need to know what we're not going to do. Yeah. Watch out for the cow. Yeah. <laughs> Cows yeah. in the field. Well, I know, but it might yeah. work its way down. <laughs> don't don't throw don't that stuff at me. Don't give me landmarks yeah. that yeah. we're going to pass by and I don't need to know or yeah. do anything. You're not no. helping. No. But oh my goodness, that is terrifying. And it is. It goes back to, I remember we talked about it last week, that when I can, of course, a commercial flight is going to be very different than a little Cessna. You, you know the pilot when you're in a little Cessna. Commercial flight pilots i'm always checking them out going okay do they look well rested yeah, do they yeah. look you know <laughs> sober and competent and yeah wow terrifying we uh i took flying lessons you did oh, yeah. okay yeah. cessna 8683 golf was, okay. was my plane yep and uh uh was flying up in the north country um and dave was my instructor yep and i'd been flying couple of weeks yeah and i was like okay cool yeah and uh he said okay, we're gonna do pilotage okay what's that and that's where you drop the your your, your level yep but then you drop you drop the wing uh and you pick an object mm -hmm. could be a body of water it could be a uh, top of a hill and then you keep the wing pointed right there and then you just make a circle around okay and, mm -hmm. And so I'm looking down, and I'm saying, well, uh, what do we want to hit? And he went, see that moose on the top of the field? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there it is. And I would aim that wing yep. at the moose. At the moose, okay. And just yep. pivoted around wow. and flying around. And it was cool. kind of cool. Uh, it, well, you know, and I used to want to be a pilot. And so, again, uh, several years ago, when I was like, okay, I'm going to reinvent myself this is something we need to do they were offering discovery Genie flights 12.0 yeah okay exactly yeah. now we're in like 64.0 yeah yeah um so they were offering discovery flights i was like oh yeah i want to do that they'd take you up in a little cessna mm -hmm. half an hour whatever yep. so i get up there with the instructor well when you're flying in a little cessna you're feeling every tiny little bump that you don't feel of course on a commercial right. flight i'm grabbing his arm as i'm trying to that's not something you should do either mm. you just because everything kind of makes you a little nervous coolest experience ever because you're, you're taking off yep, you're yep, yep, you're yep. flying while you're up there and then helping land the plane the best thing and i really started thinking about you know flight lessons and all of that but see i would just... i would have paid money to sit in the back seat yeah uh when they do power on stall Oh, okay. Yeah. That's when you um, you're flying level. Yeah. You raise the nose of the plane. Uh, and you raise the nose. You raise yep. the nose. Keep yep. raising the nose. No, thank you. And then what happens is it stalls. Right. And the whole front of the plane just drops. Now what you have to do is compensate, pull pull the yoke back, mm -hmm. and shove the throttle back in. 
and and jumpstart it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, like starting a, a car when you're with a clutch. Right. Okay. Yep. Same same kind of thing. Remember that. Yep. Uh, but when it first happens, all of a sudden the whole front of the plane just drops. You've lost power. You've got to jumpstart this bad boy. Yeah. Uh, and okay, I know I have to do boom, boom, boom. Yep. Uh, okay, and then hey, panic. Yeah. And then I got it. I'm like, okay, can we do that again? That was cool. Once you do it, it's yeah. great. But with the first time, it's like, oh lord, oh lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're afraid you're going to overcompensate and drive it into a, a, a dive. Oh, I bet. And it's like, oh, but you you would have liked it. Yeah. No, you would have liked I, it. I, I haven't totally given up on it. I'm just going to make sure my all my kids are launched and safely. What are you waiting for the senior discount? <laughs> you know, I could probably qualify. Yeah, you already. probably could. Yeah. <laughs> Eight thirty is the time. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more after this. Shore boy, one hit wonder. Actually, that was in Apollo 13. Really? Uh, yeah, when they uh, in the movie with Tom Hanks, um, Bill Paxton was playing that uh, song on his cassette recorder. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Eight thirty-five is the time, and uh, well, it's time for a check-in with the Lake Sunapee Visiting Nurse Association. And uh, uh, Kathy Raymond brought a new victim uh, to talk to us today oh nice how are you <laughs> i'm good how are you good 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 so yeah. um kathy's the development officer at lake sunapee vna and the website is lake org, so you can check that out so you brought in the coo or, or what <laughs> someday yes oh someday okay yeah so we as you know we've done a series this is the third in a series of hospice educationals on our home care matters segment so thank you okay. very much hang on a sec yes uh, yeah and this is the third we've talked about hospice. Yes. Is hospice that big an offering from Lake Sunapee Vienna? Absolutely. It, it is. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a core it's it's like a core service along with the the medical home care and the non-medical private duty stuff that we do. Oh, hospice is big. Okay. Yeah. I didn't In know terms percentage-wise of, yeah. if if hospice accounted for a lot of what you do or is it just another offering yeah it's not we don't have as many hospice patients as home care like people go in and do pt and ot and nursing the volume of patients isn't as high but the the service itself the commitment is is, is got to be huge it's a totally different ball game with hospice in terms of the team and and what it does for people so yeah it's it's a totally core part of who I mean, our name is Lake Sunapee Region VNA and Hospice. So, so Elizabeth Gantner is here. She is one of our spiritual care counselors, and um, she is going to share a little bit about what spiritual care is, what it isn't. There's misconceptions, of course, about several things related to hospice, and the word spiritual is one of them. Um, and so Elizabeth is going to speak a little bit about that and what she does and a few other things. So. Thank you, Elizabeth, for joining me. I appreciate See, it. See, it's not that bad. No. <laughs> so is Elizabeth, not Liz, not Betts? I mean, it's Elizabeth. It's just Elizabeth. No, yeah. but that's, see, with yeah. me, it's Peter. Pete, no, it's Peter. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. good. I, I like that. All right. Yeah. So a spiritual care counselor. All right, so 
to her point, um, spirituality, I mean, is that a big deal? Absolutely. Um, so hospice, the idea of hospice is providing comfort to patients and families, yep. body, mind, and spirit. Okay. So it's um, a holistic view and spiritual care is one component of the care that we provide in hospice. And um, spirituality is what brings meaning to people's lives. And for some, that has to do with religion and faith. Right. And for others, that has to do with family and okay. relationships and um, being outdoors and enjoying nature yep. and their activities that they've enjoyed throughout their lives. So spirituality is not necessarily God, however you perceive him or her to be. It, it could be, you know, the, the wife, the husband, the kids, the grandkids. That's what gave meaning. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. We have a very broad um a picture of what spirituality is because we want to care for all of our patients no matter what their backgrounds no matter what their beliefs do people yeah. when you find that people know that they're about to exit stage door left um, on this little mortal coil do they get a sense of newfound spirituality in terms of religion or do they say that's nah, a little late for that now and they focus on other aspects. I find that people are pretty consistent really? as they approach death to to how they live their lives. Okay. Um, of course, that's just my own my sure. own experience. But I I think that people generally, if they've if faith and faith and religion have been important to them throughout their life mm -hmm. lives, it will continue to be so as they approach the end of their life. But if it wasn't. Uh, they're just replacing religion with uh, whatever brings them comfort in terms of familial relationships and things like that? Yeah, generally it's those things that we ultimately find most important, which which tends to be relationship, whether that relationship is with God. Um, Dogs. Uh, animals. Animals, are, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Animals. Love, beloved pets are a big part of people's end of life. Are you kidding? I love dogs absolutely. more than I love most people. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, I get it, you know. Um, and I know a lot of people; their dogs are everything yeah. to them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we, you know, as a spiritual care counselor, um, I definitely work with patients, but we and hospice, the whole team, we work with the entire family. So it's a team approach of of nurses, home health aides, social workers, spiritual care counselors, music therapists. Yep. Um, and we all work as a team to support the patient and the family, as well as one another. We support one another as now, a team. How did you end up in this particular endeavor? I, I mean, I, nobody wakes up one day, I think I want to deal with people just before they die. Yeah. It's not something you, how did you walk into it? Well, to be quite honest, I felt led. It just something really? hit me in my heart, in my spirit, and I, I felt absolutely led. I have um, a master's in social work, okay. and I also studied pastoral ministry at Boston College okay. while I was doing my master's in social work. And um, when I started my social work career many years ago, 
<laughs> we won't say how many. I thought, never will I, never will I do hospice. Really? Yes. Never will I do hospice. And one day I... There was an epiphany here one absolutely. day. What happened? Um, I was just looking around. I had stayed home with my children to take care of them for a few years and uh, was getting back into my career. And I saw hospice and the heavens opened and here I am. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's a very, very special feeling. And the fact that you can actually think back to that moment. And, yeah. and realize yeah. it had to be an epiphany. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. So I have a quick question. At what point in the whole process are you working with patients? Do you come in right in the beginning, right in the end? Are you there throughout? And then, yeah, the, the follow-up care maybe to the family after uh, the the client has passed or, you know, how does yeah. that work? Yeah, thank you for asking that. So it is a patient and family's choice um, as to whether they want to work with uh, social workers, spiritual care counselors, music therapists. Um, and we, um, we call and offer our services shortly after um, a family has opted for hospice and explain who we are, explain our role on the team, and offer to come in for a visit. And some people I visit weekly. Um, I listen to their stories, listen about their lives. Um, it's called uh, Life Review, and it is um, actually proven to improve mood, um, improve outlook. Um, it, it um, gives people a sense of control um, and happiness and looking back at their lives and what they've accomplished. Um, so we do that, a lot of listening. Um, with some patients, I'll be praying and reading scriptures. Others patients, I'll be laughing and telling jokes and um, hearing all about their escapades and just enjoying them so much. So. Um, some people want to cry and I'm there to listen and others want to laugh and enjoy and talk about what brings meaning. So I can work throughout and be there until the patient um, dies. And um, after that, we continue to support the family for at least a year. We say 14 months. Sometimes we do more and depending on the families, if they don't want it, sometimes less. We um, send out bereavement mailings um, to them, and we um, have volunteers who help assemble those. Um, so thank you to our volunteers <laughs> while I'm here. Um, we um, provide bereavement support groups. I'm on the bereavement team as well, and I lead a few bereavement support groups with my coworkers. And we do that online now, and it has been a really great um, way for people to join and get the support they need from the comfort of their homes. So You're really quite chatty, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? It just took a little to get you out, but you're, you're, you're getting there. No, that's good. Um, we're going to have to take a break in a minute, but um, do you have to set up a... I mean, because you don't know how long the person in hospice is going to be here. Mm -hmm. It could be a relatively short period of time or long. Mm -hmm. So do you approach each of these hospice patients by setting up some kind of syllabus um, in terms of, you know, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. Uh, I mean, 
how do, everybody's different. How do you structure something? Yeah, that's an amazing question because the the piece about my job is we look to the patient and the families to be the guide yeah. as to how we're going to proceed. So um, every every plan of care, whether it be medical or spiritual or social work, is tailored to the patient and the family and their needs. So they are our guides, especially with spiritual care. Yeah. The patients and families are our guides um, as to how we're going to support them. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Going to be back with uh, Elizabeth Gantner and um, whatever her name is, um, <laughs> the uh, development officer. The, <laughs> The, the Pay no one. attention to yeah, the one in the corner. The, wow. the one wearing fuchsia uh, today. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back with more right after this. <laughs> when, when I get where I'm going On the far side of the sky The first thing that I'm gonna do Is spread my wings and fly Gonna land beside a lion And run my fingers through his mane Or I might find out what it's like To ride a drop of rain Who is that? Yeah, Brad Paisley. Oh, okay. And Dolly Parton. I was, I was, I was gonna say. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, interesting matchup. 8.51 is the time. Uh, Lake Sunapee, VNA in the house today. Uh, Kathy Raymond and Elizabeth Gantner. Uh, and Elizabeth is the uh, spiritual A spirit. A, not not A, not the. A, not a, the. A, okay. Yes. There's uh, a one spiritual, more of us. A uh, care counselor. Um, and you were talking about um, something I found fascinating, the, the uh, life review. Um, I know if you started me on that, I'm not going to pass for quite a while. Because I got stories. <laughs> um, you know, it's. I've always said it's not about the years you have. It's about the miles. I got mileage. Mm -hmm. I got mileage in stories. And I would think people would find comfort in talking about those stories. How do you get people to open up and, and share that? We just get to know the people that we're sitting with. We ask questions. Um, and draw them out if you know if we find that they are interested in sharing we'll uh, continue to ask questions and absolutely it when you're potentially feeling symptoms from an illness um, maybe pain uh, maybe you're facing some some fears and some unknowns mm -hmm. about passing from this life uh, not always having to focus on that is is nice to look back and to to see what you've done uh the accomplishments that you've made the uh relationships that you've built the obstacles and the challenges that you've made it through mm -hmm. and um it really gives a sense of control and um brings some some joy and uh, you know reflecting on what's important do you ever have to reel them back in and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, a little too much information. <laughs> <laughs> there was this woman in Tom's River, New Jersey. Oh, I remember. Right. Okay. You know, do, I have to reel you in well, constantly. No, I'm just saying, yeah. do you ever, ever have to go, okay, well, let's skip that right now. 
You know, it's it's very funny because of my title, spiritual care counselor. I often don't get the naughty stories. <laughs> <laughs> People are holding back a little yes, bit. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay, I'll, let you, I, know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll fill you in on that. <laughs> I have a feeling if I met someone yeah. like you, yeah, I'd get the naughty stories. Yeah, you yeah. would. That's <laughs> the bulk of it. Eighty percent of it. I'll listen to this. Uh, you know, I I think that's really neat. Not only for um, the patient. Uh, that that's talking about client. their life. I, well, that's what I was trying to say. Is a patient, client, the, the person. Um, but when my mom um, was passing away, it was just really interesting because we would hear mom tell the nurses and some of the staff that were co- would come and care for her things that we hadn't heard. And I remember one of the times the nurse said to me, yes, well, I understand your mom's from Hampton. And mom wasn't speaking much at all then. She said some, she says, North Hampton. Like, okay, well, that clues me and that's important to mom. You know, yeah. it, it just was really interesting because you sometimes can uncover things or, or pieces of stories that you just never knew. And yeah. it's just neat to have that and then to have her be able to speak up about what's important to her. Absolutely. And and like you said, the, the whole family can become a part of that. And um, really, it can serve um, to uplift all of them. Mm-hmm. And and to focus on a life well lived or or obstacles battled through sure. and just the value of the person, um, the living person who's right in front of you. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, how long does it take uh, either Kathy or Elizabeth um, uh, to to um, I hate to sound crass, but to sign up for hospice? Uh, you know, um, wh- how how much lead time do you need? Are you booked uh, solid? You know, I think I would be concerned that, well, maybe um, I can't get, can't use your services because you only have so many people to go around. And so how do you get people, encourage people to open a conversation? Well... The first thing I'll say is you need a referral from your physician. Okay. Hospice is a Medicaid and Medicare covered service. People think, oh, I can't afford hospice. And remember, hospice is not a 24-7 service. The team isn't there, you know, taking care of your loved right. one 24-7. They're there at periodic times. They're there. That You can call them anytime. They're there when you need them. But you still need support at home. So... Um, you do need a doctor to say, you know, basically the criteria is, you know, if, if they deem you have about six months left, you, know, you never, they never know for sure. Right. It, life expectancy, then you are eligible and it will be covered by insurance. So you need to obviously have the conversations with your family. But then once the doctor makes the referral, there isn't, we, I haven't known us to run into a problem where you can't admit someone, I don't know exactly how many days, but quickly. You know, it's not like there's a waiting list like you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I think people are concerned with because we don't deal with this. So we don't know. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting. So um, is this is this your lot in life now, Elizabeth? This is what you're going to do. Are you planning on expanding your scope or just laser focus? Well, um, I really do love what I do. I get that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel I feel it's a privilege and an honor to be allowed to accompany people on their journey um, as they approach end of life. And they really teach me how to live 
and how to die with dignity and grace. And so we learn much more from our patients than we can ever teach them or help them with. See, I like hearing that, that, that you you get something and you walk away with something. Absolutely. Wow. And I assume uh, the families, um, uh, once the client has passed, uh, they're still so appreciative of everything that Lake Sunapee VNA has done. Yeah, they've been through a lot um, of difficulty and loss, and we are continuing to offer um, bereavement support and grief support to those families. Wow. Nice job. Well done. Thank you you can come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Did a great job. Um, and, well, we've got we got to wrap up. Um, again, org is the website. Uh, Kathy Raymond, Development Officer, and Elizabeth Gantner, a Spiritual Care Counselor. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We've got news on the way. Back on the other side with more. I will love and have no fear. Yeah, when I get where I'm going, don't cry for me down here. I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy, and he'll match me step for step. I'll tell him how I've missed him every minute since he left. And then I'll hug his neck. Yeah. I feel I'm nothing in your eyes. It makes me feel like giving up. Because my best just ain't good enough. Girl, I want to provide for you And do all the things that you want me to But oh, oh no, don't bring me down I'm begging you, darling Oh, oh no, don't bring me down Sacrifices, how we make I'm ready to give Boy. Eric Burden. Eric Victor Burden. Oh. And uh, his middle name, Victor, was mm-hmm. chosen after the mayor of uh, Newcastle upon Tyne in England uh, were offering new mothers an extra bonus of 25 pounds if their newborns were given a patriotic war name. Really? Because he was born in 1941. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's 80, um, he's 82 today. Okay. Um, and so mom slipped in Victor, picked up an extra 25 pounds. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. There you go. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's interesting. But he's, uh, um, he's still, still kicking. Wow. Yeah, See, she picked up an extra 25 pounds. Most of us are trying to lose a few pounds yeah, after yeah. the baby's born. But back Different in the, kind of poundage. Act, yeah, back in the right. day, 25 pounds was a lot of money. Sure. 
Sure, sure. That was a lot of money. Hey, I think, you know, it'd be interesting if they were offering bonuses, uh, you know, for what you name your child. Um, when, um, let's see, Eric Burden, when he was uh, at the height of his career, mm-hmm. in, in the mid to late 60s, yep. okay, um, the Beatles came out with Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. And one of the songs they did, uh, they were talking about various characters, and they talked about the Eggman. Oh, yeah. That's Eric Burden. Why? I knew you'd ask that. I, I yes. He had this propensity mm-hmm. for women that he was dating. Yeah. Why are you rolling your eyes? Because I don't like where this is going. I was waiting for some cute story, and already it sounds like it's going to be tawdry. Actually, that's the word I was going to use. Is it? Yes. Uh, we, you and I are yeah, just I on know. a wavelength Sympa- there. Sympathetic. Right. So it's yeah, yeah, there. All right. Um, he would break a fresh egg over her. What? Yeah. What? He'd take a, a large brown egg. Yeah. And crack and dump the egg over her. That's why he was the egg man. I don't know why. Which came first, like, the chicken, the egg? I don't know. Like, just in the, like, he would just, like, they could be just sitting reading the paper, or was this part of a, a more intimate Probably exchange? a more intimate uh, exchange. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my I wasn't goodness. there. I was. I never saw the pictures. I don't know. Uh, Why do you know that? I don't know. Why do you know that? Because somebody asked Paul McCartney, uh, you know, who was Who's the, the egg, egg man? man? And he said, oh, that was Eric Burden, because blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, they all knew each other. They all partied together, and so, you I know. I suppose. Oh, so when you hear in the Magical odd. Mystery Tour talking, the Beatles singing about the Eggman, the Eggman is Eric Burden. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know, I know, I don't. Just wow. I don't, I, I, I don't even know where to go with that. I, I don't either. Okay. Uh, but anyway, now you know more about... Uh, uh, more than I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, yep. And the, the the if you listen to I am the walrus, yeah, that's the song. Talks about the Eggman. Yes, yep. I, yep, 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 yep. I am the Eggman. And it he had a Jamaican girlfriend named Sylvia. Okay, that's yeah, I know that was the um, don't know. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. See all these lyrics you just mindlessly sing along with, and yep. there's a big story behind them. And apparently Eric Burden was telling Lennon. John, mm-hmm. uh, the story about the egg, and John was cracking up, and he's cracking up. He's going, go yeah. on, go on, go get it, Eggman, go get it, Eggman, and that's where it. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! There you go. Well, thank you, my musical yeah. trivia. Yeah, my my morning will be forever changed. You want to see pictures? No. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> thank right, you. All right. No. Fine. Let's, fine. Yeah. Um, Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, it was down 84 yesterday, which is, you know, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, today, uh, right now, um, it, it, it's going to be off a little bit uh, when uh, the bell rings this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's uh, right now performance uh, down 2.92% over five days, 6% down over a month, 9% down uh, over three months, and year-to-date down 11.5%.
Mm. So think about your portfolio, uh, you know, and yeah, I know. How about you not think about it? Well, no, you have to. Well, you know, hopefully you've, you've planned accordingly and you're right. not doing you're not, knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, don't freak out about your portfolio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Talk to your fiduciary um, and, you know, do not put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> Back to the eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank fair, you. Fair, I'd say there. Okay, full circle. Cool. Great. Um, I was looking at a uh, story this morning, uh, sitting on the porch having coffee, mm-hmm. and it was... Um, the 10 senators most vulnerable six months from election day. Oh, yeah. okay. You, you know, yeah, I'm a junkie for that Yes, stuff. you are. Yes. All right. Let us have it. Two of the Democrats' most vulnerable members, Arizona Senator Mark Kelly and New Hampshire Senator Maggie Hassan, have no clear challengers yet. The result of GOP governors in both states deciding not to run and elevating the stakes in those Republican primaries. I'm like, okay. Um... Hassan very narrowly flipped this seat six years ago and benefits from a field of lesser-known Republicans facing off in a September primary. She finished the first quarter with $7.6 million after outraising the entire Republican field combined, which includes Senate President Chuck Morse, former Londonary town manager Kevin Smith, and retired Army Brigadier General Don Baldick, and has since attracted more candidates. But her own upside-down favorability and Biden's low approval ratings in the Granite State aren't likely to help Hassan, who has tried to distance herself from the administration on issues such as immigration and gas prices. So well, there you that are. was in uh, Roll Call, mm. uh, rollcall.com. Okay. Um, so just interesting to see how the Beltway mm-hmm. perceives, because there's what they, how they see themselves and how we see them, you know. So uh, interesting. And I... Uh, see uh the senator's been cranking out press releases on a daily basis you know we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this i'm like okay all right uh and i expect to see more of that output you know as we get closer sure um you know where's the field going to go with the republicans uh is it uh senate president chuck morris uh, kevin smith who's been on with us uh, i've had chatted with uh general baldick uh before and maybe some more candidates saying, you know, the three of those people aren't going to cut it. It's just waiting for me. If all of them take 6%, I could do 10%. And you start playing the, the numbers game, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be interesting. And right now everybody's speculating. And then we're going to hit that magic moment somewhere um, where all of a sudden it goes from the back burner where you've got it on. <laughs> to front burner. Hi. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Things are happening. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden we're going to be praying for car commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. That's oh, what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, 915 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Back with more right after this.
Just my thoughts about you bring back my peace of mind, Gypsy Lady. You're a miracle work for me. You set my soul free like a ship sailing on. Preston Dunn, my Maria. That was not the original. The original, really? the original was 1973. A guy named B.W. Stevenson. Uh, he took it a uh, top ten hit. Uh, he wrote it, um, and yeah, uh, that was it. And then um, 1997, Brooks and Dunn won a uh, Grammy uh, for uh, best duo or group with My Maria. Wow, perfect. Yeah. Yep. There you yeah, go. that's what I meant. 9:21 is the time. <laughs> at a corker of a day today. It's going to be nice. It is. Going to get warmer, warmer, warmer. And then next week, I guess we go back to 50s and 60s. Oh, sorry. That's okay. We'll enjoy this week. Let's live in the now. There you go. It could change. There you go. Yeah. All right. And right now, there's a little breeze out there, so you can stay ahead of the black flies if you're doing some yard work, because it's a great time to do some yard work. And if you need supplies, I know where you can go. Henniker Farm and Country Store, Route 114 North in Henniker. Hey, Jess. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Man, this is great weather for people to get out. It sure is. It is absolutely beautiful out there. Like you said, with the light breeze, it helps keep the black flies away. Yeah. What's keeping the ticks away? Um, Using preventatives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that. And if this hot weather comes, I mean, they don't like hot weather, too, but... I don't know as if we're quite ready for that, but, but or, yeah, pre- preventatives, I think, are the best. Or I can order 50 guinea fowl from you. Yeah, you could. <laughs> sure could. Your neighbors would not like you, but you could do that. Well, you know, they'll get over it. Um, <laughs> or move. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. Um, yeah, I don't. I know you've talked about chickens and ducks, but can you order guinea fowl? We actually do for our June order, which um, will be here the first week of June. We do get guinea hens in, or guinea keats, I should say. Yeah. Yep. And I guess they're they're real tick machines. They are. They're bug machines in general. Um, they're really good for alerting for predators too. Um, alternatives for geese. But yeah, no, they're super easy to raise, and yeah, they have uh, quite quite the vocal cords. I was going to say, aren't they pretty vocal? They are sure they are. Noisy little things. Oh, they sure are. Make sure you love your neighbors. And if you don't love your neighbors, well, this is a great option. This is a way to, wow. <laughs> way to chase them out. Okay, so if I want to get rid of them, are they good meat birds, too? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know that answer. I don't know if I've ever met anybody who said they've eaten guinea. Oh. But are they good for eggs? I know, I know for dogs, guinea fowl is actually a very good meat protein for dogs that have glycemic issues, such as like diabetes. Oh. Um, but I don't, I don't know about people. I don't know if it's another like really lean meat for people too. Oh, how about the eggs? Um, I know people who do eat the eggs. Yep, you can eat them. Just they, I think they taste fairly like chicken eggs. I've never tried them. Okay. So, so if people don't love them for the meat and people don't love them for the eggs, why are we getting guinea fowl? Is it just for bug control? Really? Bug control? Yeah. That's interesting. But they are really good for alerting for predators. So, like most people will have, um, they say like geese, donkeys, and alpacas, and llamas are really good for predator protection. Um, well, guinea fowl also are too because they are so alert and they will let you know when something is in your yard if you're <laughs> somebody who likes to be proactive for that. Wow. So, so yeah. are, they, are they pretty low drag to raise? 
Oh, yeah, they're easy. In the beginning, it's a little tricky. They are very temperamental um, to the cold, so that's why we only get them in in June. Uh, Most places won't get them in even this or as early as May, just because they are one small cool breeze um, can kill them. But after like the first like week or two, they are extremely hardy after that. Oh, I was going to say, what do, what do I do with them come December and January? Oh, then you treat them just like a chicken or a duck. They're very hardy. Oh, okay. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, how are we doing other than that? I mean, supplies still coming in, veggies yep. coming in, everything? Oh, oh, yeah. Kelly and I have been crazy busy in the greenhouse. We just had a giant uh, delivery yesterday from our new uh, local family that we're dealing with. Uh, beautiful plants. But we got a lot of veggies in, a lot of herbs, a lot of flowers. Uh, we got a few more perennials. So the yard's definitely filling up. Wow. Uh, nice. Uh, stuff flying off the shelves. People just oh, r- ready to get out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. People have been, have been coming in and getting a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we'll see some people back two or three times just in one day um, saying, oh, I, I needed to get another one of this, or I have another spot I want to do now. And um, we have our geraniums, which are it. We have a few new color varieties of geraniums that are just beautiful. I feel like geraniums are kind of an old school flower, a very traditional. Um, but we got some really beautiful uh, fluorescent colors in this year. Um, we got scented geraniums. We have the mosquito shocker geraniums that are really good for mosquito control. Um, so, yeah, Kelly and I are having a blast outside right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good day to be outside playing. It sure is. So can I can I keep geraniums over the winter? You can, yeah. Geraniums are one of those plants that you can um, bring inside, and it will keep flowering throughout the winter, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Who yep. knew? Like, why have we not talked about that? That would be such a bright spot throughout the winter. Yeah, I don't know. And like and like I said, with these new bright-colored ones, it's it would be really cool for uh, bright colors and color in general in, in the wintertime in the house. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. nice, what, what nice. Do, I, do I keep it in the house or do I keep it in a cool spot in the basement? Where? No, in in the, in the house you can cut more or less treat it like a house plant. Oh wow! They're very easy maintenance. Water them, and when they die, you just it, they're super easy to deadhead. Um, the deadheads just kind of more or less pop right off. Um, and water, wow. put them in the sun when we have sun and water. Yeah, that makes easy. it an even more wise investment i mean because really mm-hmm. once you're putting money into some of those plants you know eh, eh, it's going to be just for a season it's even easier yep. to spend the money if you know you're going to have them for a while it is yeah and we do have some of our geraniums we have already mixed up in assorted planters mm. so that way you can put it on like your deck or your your patio um and then when late fall comes you can bring it inside and it's already in a nice pot um as an arrangement nice it makes it easier yep you got any uh, fruit trees? Well, we do. We have eight different varieties of apples out there. Um, we still have a couple apricots. We have plums. We have a bunch of cherries. We have pears. I have, I think there were still a couple four-way cherry trees. Um, so uh, one of our local greenhouses, nurseries, they graft different cherry trees onto one tree. Um, so if you like a variety of cherries and you don't want to buy three or four different trees, you can buy just the one. Um, same thing with apple trees. We have a couple four-way apple trees left um, out there. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll walk people through this because not every Absolutely. apple tree is a pollinator. Correct. And you know, I don't I don't need to spend money on something that's not going to self-pollinate. 
Yes. Yep. All apple trees, you need two different varieties. Um, and we're really, we do have, I think, four, ap- four of our apple varieties that we have this year are brand new varieties we've never got before. Um, so, so, yeah, we definitely help people with that. Um, same with the blueberries, our blueberry bushes. They do not all cross-pollinate. We have some varieties this year of blueberries, um, and I think there's probably five or six varieties that are bushel varieties. So you can plant just one blueberry bush in, like, a pot and keep it on your patio or in your condo porch or whatever, bring it in in the winter, and it's, they're made to live in a pot. Um, and yeah, those a will cool self-pollinate. Yeah, go. and those ones will self-pollinate. So you only need that one um, in a pot. And then we have the ones that are outside that cross-pollinate that get much larger that you do need two varieties of. So we have definitely options. Um, I do have blackberries and raspberries still out there, too. Wow, so right. the mm-hmm. container blueberries that you're going to keep maybe on a pot on your deck, mm-hmm. are they going to actually produce blueberries? You're going to Oh, be yeah, to there's get all some. kinds of... Absolutely. They're... Um, Oh, I think all of them now have the blossoms on them, or the blossoms are already turning into berries. So wow. absolutely, yep, you'll Neat. definitely get definitely get blueberries from all of our blueberry bushes this year. Nice. All right. Yep. Well, if you have questions about self-pollinating stuff or ticks or guinea fowl, look for Jess. She'll be in the chaise lounge with the umbrella drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. <laughs> She's just sitting out there working on her tan. So. Right. Get, just, I don't tan. Yeah. I, I, I burn. Okay, well. <laughs> My um, reminds me that every time. <laughs> go, go say hi to Jess. Henniker Farm and Country Store, Route 114 North in Henniker. Uh, okay, don't burn, and, and we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. See you guys. See ya. <laughs> Bye. We're going to take a break. 9.30 is the time. We'll be back. discriminatory we've got bad boys and bad girls on this show so there you go equal opportunity there you bad. Go. today we're going to talk <laughs> about uh well one bad boy captured another bad boy we're looking for with us deputy u.s marshal jeff white how are you jeff i'm well good morning how are you guys good good are you uh in the office or are you actually out on the street today Currently out in the office in the field and uh, hoping to get back out there and look for some people that need to be caught. There you go. Well, uh, we had a capture, I see. We do. We have some good news. It was uh, Matthew Stevenson, who we had uh, featured a, a week and a half ago, April 27th. He was wanted on an outstanding Manchester warrant for an, uh, a strong arm robbery. And also Portsmouth, New Hampshire had a warrant for him for seven counts of assault, criminal trespass, and breach of bail. Uh, we had information that he was running around with a gun. We had updated our poster, uh, I believe, on May 3rd, offering a $500 reward to try to get more information. We had a lot of tips that came in on this gentleman. Uh, a lot of people saying, great guy, just uh, in a bad way right now. So it, that, that's kind of how it ended. Uh, he is a nice guy that was just uh, in a bad way. We were able to track him down over in Shapley, Maine on Monday and take him into custody without any incident, which was really, uh, really good. We were a little nervous about this one to see how it was going to go. We went over to do some surveillance on one of the tips that we received, and lo and behold, we saw him pretty quickly and requested some help from uh, York County and also the Maine State Police, and we were able to arrest him quickly. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, now, you offered a reward on that one. Is is that being parsed out, or did that factor into it? I, I don't think that actually factored into it in this one. We're okay. still looking at that. And, uh, but as of right now, I don't I don't think we have anybody that uh, was really in line for the reward. We, we had received a bunch of information, a bunch of different phone calls, uh, very accurate information, and it was just a matter of timing. And uh, fortunately, it panned out for us on Monday. Wow. Well, congratulations, chalk up one, but, um, you know, you take one off the list, you add another one. It's, it's one of those vicious cycles, isn't it? We lose one, we gain one. So this week we're looking for Ricardo Ferguson. He is wanted on a federal arrest warrant for murder with a firearm and a Hobbs Act violation, which is a robbery that interferes with interstate commerce. So we have him marked up, uh, obviously, based on the murder with a firearm, armed and dangerous, violent tendencies. He is uh, known to use the alias of Juju, or R. Maybach. He is a 36-year-old uh, male, black. He is six foot two, 250 pounds, plus or minus. He has brown eyes and has black hair, oftentimes shaved bald. Has an unknown tattoo on his left forearm. We believe he is in Manchester, New Hampshire, or the surrounding areas of Manchester. And we believe he has a lot of friends, family, and associates in that area that might be helping him out which I would encourage them not to do that because if they don't want to go to jail, they don't want to get mixed up with Mr. Ferguson. So uh, definitely uh, want, want to see Mr. Ferguson taken into custody quickly and safely like the other ones or get Mr. Ferguson to do the right thing and turn himself in. Wow. You know, and whenever I see the uh, – and you can go to WNTK's Facebook page and you can eyeball Ricardo Ferguson. Uh, but when I see on the uh, Fugitive of the Week poster uh, – highlighted red and yellow armed and dangerous um you know that just gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up it absolutely does uh you know this this homicide is a show taking place in new york city uh and it is a, like i said a federal case down there uh so obviously rises to that next level that it's been made a federal federal case just from the get-go uh, but the fact that he is up here hiding out is even more concerning because uh, we, we don't want people like Mr. Ferguson up here. Uh, we'd rather send him back to New York where he needs to uh, go in front of the judge. So if you have the in- information that can help us, uh, please reach out. Give us a call at our main number, 603-225-1632. We have two people assigned to the case. One is a task force officer from Manchester Police Department, uh, Special Deputy U.S. Marshal O'Neill, or you can reach out to uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Tufts, uh, both at that main number. At 603-225-1632, or you can uh, submit a web tip or text NHTIP with any information to tip 411. Yep, as always, uh, completely anonymous. We don't need to put your name in any any of our reports. You don't need to testify against Mr. Ricardo Ferguson. We just need to get him off the street and get him the hell out of New Hampshire. That's uh, that's our goal. Get him back to New York so he can face a judge and see what happens with his case. Absolutely. Well, I'll uh, be uh, checking my, uh, uh, my email and Hopefully we'll have some good news on uh, Juju being apprehended. That's what I'm hoping for, too. I was happy to have some uh, good news for you today, and hopefully we can bring that same good news to you next week. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, Jeff White, Deputy U.S. Marshal. There you go. Ricardo Ferguson, uh, armed and dangerous. Uh, He's right. We don't want him in New Hampshire. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. So uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, eyeball Ricardo Ferguson, uh, believed to be uh, in the Manchester area. Um, so if you have friends or you find yourself down there, familiarize yourself with the picture.
And another, you know, a point that Jeff brought up, if you are friends and family and you're helping this person to evade yeah. <laughs> law enforcement. On your own head, be it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't doesn't bode well for you. So it's nay, nay. better not to stand in the way and uh, do what you can to help get him apprehended. Yep. We'll see. Well, hopefully we'll hear from Jeff shortly. Yeah. Saying, hey, it worked. So, that would be good. Yeah, I like, I love them those calls (laughs) yes i'll tell you what we'll take a break we'll be back with more right after this Four is the time. Red Sox won yesterday. Yay, nine to four over the Atlanta Braves. Going to try to uh, win two in a row uh, as they take on the Braves again tonight. Seven twenty-first pitch. You can hear all the action right here on News Talk ninety-nine point seven WNTK, AM fourteen ninety FM ninety-eight point nine WUVR. And then they're off tomorrow, and they pick up uh, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, heading out to uh, Texas, Texas Rangers, three games. And then they get back on the Big Bird, fly back to Boston to take on the Houston Astros on Monday at hopefully friendly Fenway Park. (laughs) So we will see. Um, Brush fire still burning up in Shelburne. Um, Now apparently it's scorched at least 45 acres. Mm. Yep. Mm. Uh, The Appalachian Trail corridor closed from uh, Leadmine State Forest to the junction of Centennial Trail and the Mahoosic Trail. Uh, Now the Forest Service believes the fire may have been accidentally started by somebody who set a fire to stay warm. Oh, no. Yep. A person of interest has been identified and interviewed by uh, Forest Service law enforcement personnel. While the uh, cause of the fire is still under investigation, it may have been due to a warming fire that accidentally escaped. Oh, can you imagine? I mean... (laughs) It's tragic that that happened at all. I hate being the person responsible for the fire. You got to feel awful, awful, because if it was accidental and it just really got that much out of control. Yesterday we were talking 25 acres. Now it's almost doubled. Yeah. Oh, Uh, gosh. Still wind and dry conditions. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, I hate to be the voice of doom here, but... um, I'm afraid this this is going to be the first of many, Mm. you know? You mean just seasonally because this is what happens. It gets breezy, it gets dry, and people are out doing their thing and and getting a little careless. And it it does only take a few seconds for something to really kind of go out of control. Yep. Yep. But uh, But you're right. Now to have identified one person. And they set a fire to stay warm. And then... I feel so bad. Yeah. I know. I feel bad that it happened. I feel bad for the person that did it, if that's accidental as well. Because then, yeah, it's just out of control. And now you know you're living with the guilt of being responsible for that much damage. Yep. And apparently, uh, where the fire is in Shelburne, um, it's burning in steep, uh, mountainous terrain. Mm. uh, Hard to get to. Sure. Right. You know? So much harder to extinguish and contain. Yeah. So... um, uh, they say the potential for increased wildfire activity remains high, mm-hmm. and uh, they're asking the 
public. You know, no looky lose. Okay, don't drive up there. Yeah, don't go. Oh, let's go yeah, see it. Let's yeah, see, I want to see the fire. Do, you know, yeah. no, don't, don't stay away. You're just gonna get in the way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, but it, you know, again, what, most of my stories are from a few years ago. <laughs> That's just safer that way too. But this one really was. Um, I was out. And I'm like, you know what? I can get the grill going by myself. My kiddos were little. My husband's off at work. That's what happened like, to your eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're finally going <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. Um, so I took the pam cooking spray mm-hmm. sprayed the grill okay and then and oh it really took off and there were just a few seconds of time that you're thinking okay i've got this it's going to calm down and i can contain this between that time and the time that you're like okay now i'm scared and i'm going to need to ask for help and i did i asked you know our next door neighbor thankfully he could see what was going on he came over and um helped out we did contain it but the the length of time from when it goes to huh that doesn't look right yeah, to yeah. okay this is really out of control and it's getting dangerous there's only a few seconds in between there it just really can take on a life of its own yeah i think uh, even though people don't want to admit it mm-hmm. i think we've all done the gas grill thing <laughs> yeah uh, you know or the bonfire thing like, when what, things go what the hell? You well know, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're going, man, it's not going. It's, it, boom. Yeah. yeah. Dump more stuff on. And then, oh, I didn't realize the leaves from that tree are so close. Yeah. Or oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. I thought I cleared a spot. Oh, yep. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and your heart races a little bit more. That yep. That's there. That's not a time you want adrenaline to be having to kick in. The fire is supposed to be relaxing and enjoyable. If you've got adrenaline, then you've got something that's maybe spinning out of control. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I, I yeah it, it just, it's its easy for that to, to go wrong. Well, um, and, you know, we lost our snowpack early, what little snowpack we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had some rain, yeah, but again, um, not enough. Right. And so now you've got wind, mm-hmm. warm temperatures, 80s. Yep, perfect combination uh, yeah, for that's, you. Yeah, know, that's little, the problem. Little tinderbox. So, uh, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. So uh, just just be advised. You know, try not to do stupid stuff right. outside. Be cautious. Yeah, I know, and and it's hip to be square, as Huey Lewis said. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So just yep. just chill a little bit if you could. Um, something I, I find the timing of this interesting. Um, inflation still hot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got uh, the Ukraine war still potentially enveloping, you know, dragging the whole world in. Uh, you've got uh, all kinds of stuff. Congress is going to hold its first open hearing about UFOs. Oh, good. They- because I was able to sleep through all the other problems, yeah. but it's the UFO thing that is keeping me up at night. Talk about a sideshow. Oh, my goodness. You have got to be kidding me. Uh, A Democrat from Indiana uh, said Congress has not held a public hearing on unidentified aerial (laughs) phenomenons uh, for over 50 years. Well, there's a reason. Well, they said we're going to challenge or it's going to change next week when I lead a hearing in the House Intel and uh, the national security risk it poses. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah. The national security risk. Yeah, yep. There you go. Okay. Yep. So now uh, the uh, 
Congress is going to be on this little sideshow. Two, count them, two. Two current Pentagon officials will testify at the hearing. Yep. I wish you were lying right now. No, I'm I not, wish that I'm was not. not true. Nope. Wow. Nope. Wow. Nope. Wow. Uh, it's going to be held Tuesday, May 17th in front of a subcommittee of the House Intelligence Committee. Um, and the committee is holding the series to explore one of the great mysteries of our time and break the cycle of excessive secrecy and speculation with truth and transparency. Really? Who's doing truth it? Truth and transparency. We're uh, counting on Congress to give us truth and uh, transparency? Yes. About the UFO problem that we're all really concerned yeah. about right now. Yeah, but it's, this is going to drag every freak show. Oh, my God. Uh, of, of course the, it is. Yeah. yeah. I was abducted by aliens. Um, you know, I want my five minutes of fame. Well, it'll give the Kardashians something to do. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. But I just saw that going... As if we don't have enough stuff going on. We have actual problems. Yeah. We have actual things that are going on that are causing all of us to be anxious. Nope. But now they're going to turn this into a sideshow. How many of your friends do you talk to that are really concerned about the UFO problem? None. Okay. I was just checking. None. Making sure it's not just me. Nope. I don't think those are the conversations that are going on at the barbershops and at the restaurants and at the workplace around but, the water But it's cooler. a national security threat. <laughs> it's a national security I'll tell you what's a national don't security threat. Don't you understand threat. that, Jeannie? Apparently I don't. And wow, gosh, on. am I glad that I don't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, time and effort well spent right there. I, I don't know what they, what they want to gain. That's terrifying. Unless there, it's try. Maybe that's supposed to be a distraction. Like, forget about inflation. Forget about the wars. That's what I'm saying. Forget about everything else. Let's focus on this. Well, that's what they're gonna. Some people are gonna try to do that anyway. Well, yeah. They're gonna try to focus, uh-huh. and it's like, but why? I, it's a non-starter. Yeah. And what possible thing are they going to do about it? I mean, what what changes are they going to make coming out of this hearing? What 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 productive thing is going to come out of this? I I, I don't know. Okay. I got nothing. Hmm. So I just <laughs> um, you know we're going to send Bruce Willis and uh, a rocket mm-hmm. uh, up to intercept the aliens. That, I, that's I, I, a I good know. idea. Yeah. Um, Could happen. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's terrifying. So just when you think things couldn't be more bizarre, (laughs) uh, count on Congress to weigh in, and here we go. Uh, Yep, we're going to do, haven't done this in 50 years, so now it's time to drag it out, and people need some relief. Do you think they're going through drawers, like, you know, old file cabinets that you have in in your house or whatever, and they're just going through drawers and, oh, yeah, remember this? Let's pull that one out. There's a reason that nothing has happened in 50 years. Nobody is all that concerned about it. All right, there are 10 people that maybe are concerned about it. Hey, hey, this will shut them up. Right. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know. Wow. uh, Wow. Where do you go with that? I don't know. That's terrifying. Oh, man, oh, man. I don't get it. So, anyway, I don't know. I just get more depressed when I look at stuff like that going... Really? See that that at least helps me because I'm like, wait, it's it's absurd enough to be comical until you realize, wait, that really is happening, and that's how they're spending their time and money and efforts. Well, you know, and Congress is—I don't even know what Congress is doing right now. Um, you know, you've got the president who uh, came out 
and said uh, he was going to have a, a serious discussion about inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, all he did was um, say, yeah, this isn't my fault. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's not maybe our biggest concern right now. Well, no. It's how are we going to get through the next few months? How are we going to get through the next year? That's it. How are we going through daily life? How are we going from the gas tank to the grocery store and still coming home with anything in our pockets? That's the concern, not who's at fault. Yeah, but they want to, we got to blame somebody. It's not me. That's fine. Let's fix the problem and then we can evaluate and blame and figure out whose fault it was. Because unless you're eight, I mean, that that shouldn't be the first thing out of your mouth unless you're eight years old. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. That's But it worked when you were eight. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah. No, inflation cooled on an annual basis for the first time in th- months, mm-hmm. but rose more than expected as supply chain constraints, the Russian war in Ukraine, strong consumer demand, continued to keep consumer prices running at a 40-year high. Consumer price index uh, rose 8.3% in April from a year ago, below the 8.5% that happened in March. So that's good. Mm -hmm. But both figures higher than the 8.1% headline figure. (sighs) Okay, fine. So, uh, again, stop blaming. Uh, I don't care. Uh, nobody cares. When I'm at the checkout line and I've got maybe three bags of groceries and you're telling me how much it is, my first thought is not, who do I blame? It's, wow, you've got to be kidding me. This is crazy. How much longer is this going to go on? How can we sustain this? Yep. Now, now here's another one. I, I we, we don't have time to dwell on this, but um, you're not a smoker. No. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but... Um, at the end of April, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced it was going to ban menthol tobacco products. Why? Um, well, here's the problem. Okay. Um, apparently, the target of the proposal is menthol cigarettes, most common choice of black and Hispanic smokers. Okay. So once again, we have the government saying, we're going to help people of color. Yeah. And now you're going to ban menthol cigarettes. Uh-huh. I was like, what? why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just makes no sense. Makes we don't need them to be mommy and daddy. But, but it doesn't have to make sense, I guess. No. You know? No. I, I don't get it. So, yeah, I'm looking for direction, mm-hmm. clarity. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, UFO hearings, banning menthol <laughs> cigarettes. Like, what the hell are you doing? Good. I'm glad that that's where our attention uh, yeah, are being I know, focused. I know. It's that's, confusing. Those are important things. So, see, that's why we're just like you, listening to us. We're, we're as confused as you are. We're just saying, do you people listen to yourself when you talk about this <laughs> stuff? Anyway, um, again, Red Sox tonight, 721st pitch, right here. On News Talk 99.7 WNTK. AM 1490, FM 98.9 WUVR. And we checked our contracts. We are back tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) As long as they don't change the locks, we'll be here. No, 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 (laughs) no. So join us. uh, Get outside and play. Uh, Be careful. uh, Fire safety. Mm. Uh, But yeah, come on back tomorrow morning. We'll compare notes. Morning sun, when it's in your face.